where are you at? Yeah, well, who should st- uh, what have you seen lately? Well, here, I'll, yeah, I'll start off. Yeah, go ahead. So, in my, uh, since my, uh, my days here are numbered in Denver, I can walk nice and easy to my library, which has a great movie selection. So, I've been trying to, to see a lot from there before I, I make my, my big move out west further. But, uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen a good amount lately. Um, I guess notable ones. Um, I'll bring up a couple, actually, 2019 movies uh, that I've seen. One of them is Ready or Not, which... Um, Nicole Kidman? Nope. Nope. That's, no, uh, not at all. It's uh, <laughs> Samara <laughs> Weaving. Oh. Who I, I think, feel like I've seen the cover of that. Nevertheless, she she looks like Nicole Kidman. I didn't realize that until you just said it. But uh, yeah, Samara Weaving. I think she's related to Hugo Weaving in some way. And then the, the other big name, I guess, would be Andy McDowell. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun horror comedy movie that uh, that just came out. I'm pretty sure I saw the trailer interest. as well, and I thought it yeah. looked cool. It's just. It's so in the back. Like I think I saw it so long ago. I oh, forgot yeah. about it. Yeah. I didn't really know much about it at all until I saw a it's couple like trailers a fe- for it's it. It's like a women a women movie though, right? Like Yeah. A wo- yeah, women horror comedy. In a way, yeah. It's uh, so the so it's basically it's about um a newlywed couple. They get married at their at the um the groom's parents man- mansion, I guess or family mansion. Right. And then they're uh they uh, i believe they're like a, a family that i just saw the movie a couple weeks ago but i can't remember but i believe they're like a family that creates games and stuff like that so that's a big part of their life and then they um they always play a game af- on, at like midnight of every um family wedding and usually it's it's something like you know yahtzee or um monopoly you know some just a game like that um, but also one of the choices is hide and seek, uh, which basically turns into seeking out the bride or groom, uh, you know, over who's the new person of the family and trying to murder them. So that's not really a spoiler because it's uh-huh. in the, it's in <laughs> it the trailer. The, yeah. It's the premise. <laughs> <laughs> it's the premise. Yeah. So it's, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny and it's uh, yeah, fun. Enjoyable. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Worth I had a good time t- with worth it. Worth the ticket. Yeah, it's worth the ticket. If you don't see it, I'd, it's definitely worth renting. It's on VOD. <laughs> if you don't see it, uh, yeah. it's definitely worth not seeing as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't see it, I'm not going to force you. Yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was good. I liked it a lot. Um, cool. And it was the other one, the Peanut Butter Falcon. The other one is Peanut Butter Falcon. Just yeah, saw I saw that weekend. also. I, yeah, I saw that you uh, you also saw that. Yeah, um, really enjoyable. Yeah, it was it was a good movie too. Um, and I yeah, I heard a lot about this one. Didn't know really anything about it, but um, it was at Alamo Draft House, which I talk about all the time. So yeah, I had to go see it, and uh, I thought Shia LaBeouf was great in it. Yeah, awesome, best yeah. part of it easily. Like he, <laughs> it's hard not to like him, like because he's yeah. just propping up a Down syndrome guy the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, just, it was, it was he's a good just ha- he's just having fun movie. and having fun and. Uh, the bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, I hope to see Shia LaBeouf more. You know, not, I mean, yeah. he's gone pretty crazy, he, but yeah, he's had a good turn. I think, like, if you go yeah. back into his post Transformers movies, he's found a new side to him, which I've actually like enjoyed following a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's another uh, another 2019 movie. Uh, I've seen, and then I've also still been on uh, a bit of a Western kick. Uh, Good for you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've seen I've seen Shane and Jeremiah Johnson, which have been two Westerns that have been on my list for a while. Um, Jeremiah Johnson starring Robert Redford. Mm. Um, uh, and it's all, that's kind of, it's set in Sundance area of Utah where I just visited, so that was kind of on my mind. Nice. Um yeah, they're both both solid, uh, solid Western uh, frontiersman type movies um, that I would definitely recommend. And I guess the last one I'll mention is uh, a classic um, called All About Eve, starring Betty Davis. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and uh, that's one that's been on my list too. And um, haven't been able to find it streaming anywhere. I finally uh, 
I found it at the library, got to watch it, and uh, it's uh, it's a really good Hollywood uh, Hollywood story, um, all about Eve, starring some big stars from back in the day. So, um, yeah, nice. Not too much else to say about that one, but yeah, it's a, it's a to, classic. And you can tell. I'm gonna why. need you to make me a Western list one day, like a oh, Western yeah. a Western watch list, so I can get more and you know. Yeah. Know what you've been up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and I still got some more westerns that I that I'm trying to to watch in the near future. And I've actually thought about uh, just starting a western list on my letterbox. Oh man, so, it's getting yeah. serious. Yeah. So look out, everybody! Look out for that to drop <laughs> very soon. <laughs> it's my All equivalent right. of a mixtape. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's your Kanye album. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Luke, what have you seen? Uh, what have you seen lately? Well, um, I watched Sullivan's Travels. Oh, nice! I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, great old comedy flick about love Sullivan's Travels making comedy movies. I yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just yes, yeah, so, so enjoyable. Um, yep, that's that's one. Once I saw that, I wanted to see more and more yeah Sergis yeah exactly i i gotta i gotta go down that road maybe they have a bunch on the criterion channel i just haven't looked yet mm-hmm. um i also watched uh aziz ansari's stand-up special oh on nice. netflix right now directed by spike jones uh was it really Holy yeah shit. so it's like a great looking stand-up special i bet like they have a guy hovering around him in like a cinema camera the whole time. Really? Yeah. So you get that like close intimate feel and they're like the way the lights bounce off of him is really cool. Yeah. And it's a great, just great material too. Like, you know, for the time period we're in, like the, Mm -hmm. with all the, Oh, go into all the stuff going (laughs) on. Aziz addresses it. uh, Yeah. He had some personal stuff. Very well. um, I think in comparison to, a lot of comedians now who are yeah. struggling to find a way to tackle all these issues. Yeah, it's a weird time. Yeah, yeah. especially I, for I, stand-up. I definitely like when um, stand-up specials, well, comedians like put more thought into how their specials are shot mm-hmm. rather than just being kind of standard. So, yeah, that definitely no, yeah, yeah, it makes a, me want to watch that even it's more. It's cool. It's cool, and it's a feel-good, so I recommend nice. it for sure. Um, I watched another Hitchcock uh the Lady Vanishes. Lady Vanishes. Nice. Yeah. A uh, lot of fun. Also very funny. Uh, one of yeah. the funniest Hitchcock movies, I thought. And For sure, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just cool how it's just like a long like set piece mystery on this train. Mm-hmm. And just a very uh, slapstick spy movie at the same time, which is like a yeah. genre I didn't know existed back then. and. So, yeah, I was happy I saw that one, especially just because I've been, as everyone knows, I've been trying (laughs) to get more into Hitchcock lately. Yeah, that's Uh, a good early Hitchcock. Ones that aren't of the big four. And so I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm building my Hitchcock list. So one day it'll be as big as John's and is (laughs) well thought out. Yeah, but it One is day, a hard. It's gonna it's be as hard, big as my Hitchcock. Yep, it's a hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a hard long road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, also, <laughs> I saw two noir films last night at the Music Box because it's Noir City in noir Chicago. Noir City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a Kiss Before Dying. Uh, it's t- hmm. which was made in 1956. Um, it remind this one reminded me a lot of other movies in the fifties that are like challenging, uh, like the societal norms that ha- were like so established in America in the fifties, such as movies like rebel without a cause and bigger than life. Um, this kind of reminded me of that, just not quite as good, but, Mm-hmm. It was shot in technic- Technicolor, and it looked really good. And I thought that it, was, it just had a lot of interesting ideas in this one. Uh, yeah, and it was a it was a fun time. Cool. So that Not was a very first... well known noir. That's cool to see so, in the yeah, theater. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought it 
that was very interesting. And so that was the first of the double feature. And the second part was The Killing, uh, the heist noir by Stanley Kubrick, which I just thought was uh, spectacular uh, Mm -hmm. in every way and, like, one of the best heist films probably ever made. Uh, Great heist film, yeah. Yeah, it's just so good, and it also just looks incredible always. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie, great cast, and it's... uh... 85 minutes which is shocking to me for like a kubrick right like that's so i could easily watch yeah for a kubrick movie yeah of course because then he did spartacus which is like three and a half (laughs) yeah something like that just so epic and yeah this is like uh the most non-kubrick kubrick Kubrick film i have actually seen yeah and it's like i enjoyed it quite a lot it felt like it was actually like blending in a genre Mm-hmm. And I thought it did like that genre just as well as it could have. You know, I thought it, yeah, an hour and 25 minutes. Um, yeah. It's so easy to, and it's just so constantly entertaining and rich with like, st- like character and just story beats and like the, the heist and Sterling Hayden's just so great. Mm-hmm. And someone who I like recognize now after watching more and more noirs is elisha cook jr you know he's i feel like he's in every single movie that we watch is Um, is he maybe not maybe not everything we've done on the podcast but he's in so many noirs and he's He's a great like character actor he's in the big sleep yeah he's he's got a great like nervous weird goofy face yeah that, now that I'm uh, looking at yeah. this guy, I realize I've seen him in a lot of things. I just yeah, exactly. You, Alicia, like, you yeah. don't always know his name, but he's in so many of these great like classic movies that uh, we've either talked about or or seen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Killing, great movie. Yeah, um, that would be. Yeah, that's the summary of what I've seen lately. This nice. September, I mean September hasn't been that long, so I yeah, that's a good amount, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, in the f- 10 days of September, we've definitely gotten in our fair share. <laughs> <laughs> as we move across the cinema land, as we yes. usually do. <laughs> Just blazing a trail. Blazing uh, trails, yeah. <laughs> which is why we decided to do today's episode, because we see a lot of things, and we yeah. don't seem to slow down uh, Yeah, this entire year. Um, so yeah, we're going to name our top five. From yeah. this entire year, that is not a 2019 film. It has to be a pre-2019 film. So yeah. it's top gonna five have all... first watches. Of yeah, so that's 2019. From, that's from anything, uh, yeah, ever in cinema history. So we're there. Sh- there should be a lot of diversity. Yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun coming up with my list. It's yeah, yeah. I'm looking tough, forward though. to yours a lot because mm-hmm. you've arguably watched more. You know at as much as me, if not definitely more, uh, this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, there was a point in April and May where you just shot off, and I was like, "Man, I'm not keeping up with John at all right now." <laughs> and that I've been trying to this summer, and I still am like just ne- barely neck and neck, maybe not even. So I'm yeah, looking forward to see. your list because you've seen a lot of stuff this year. We'll have to see how many how many movies we've both seen this year so far. Yeah, and see if we're on track to get you know thirty three hundred sixty five movies in three hundred sixty five days. If that's oh the goal, right? Yeah, if yeah. we've gotten close to that, that would I be like amazing. to think I have. Mm-hmm. And Almost one of my goals definitely. this year has just been to, you know, everybody's got these New Year's resolutions to get in shape, stop eating sweets or something. <laughs> Mine is just just to watch all these movies that I've neglected over the years, and finally watch them, and. <laughs> And yeah, and this list is all about those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped up. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So yeah, let's uh, yeah. let's just get into it right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke, how about you start off with uh, with your number five? Okay, my number yeah. five. I talked about this, I think, on the last podcast. Um, in my like, what I've seen lately portion and. It is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Nice. Awesome. It, yeah, it's this was a just so awesome movie that um 
I was like, just like, yes, I've, I've seen this. Like everyone's probably seen this. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is an amazing film. Like, you know, I should, ha- I should have seen this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really did feel that way. Cause like, it is something I would have just loved at like age, like 12, you know, oh, if yeah. you showed me this at that age, it been my favorite movie, like no doubt. <laughs> and now I'm just so happy, happy. I saw it. And yeah, not only that, I know it's one that would have aged well, you know, into my high school and tw- 20s where I actually really got into film and mm-hmm. I would have just ended up liking it more and more. But, you know, even though you're late to the party, it doesn't mean you can't. You can't soak <laughs> you it can't in. You can't start chowing down on the apps, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, so I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to rewatch this probably uh, definitely in the next year. Um, yeah, because this is a classic of the highest caliber. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's one I I definitely don't get tired of watching at yeah, all. Yeah, this is, this is a movie, okay? Yes, it is a movie. <laughs> it is peak Redford and Paul Newman. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's... Um, that and, and the sting, I just can't get enough of. Just I know, and it motivates me to watch the sting more because also mm-hmm. I know that's one of your favorite movies, so I'll have to yeah. get to that eventually. Both of these, I would say, are two of my are two of my favorite movies. Cool. Um, same director too, George Roy Hill. Uh, his movies are never overly serious; they never take themselves too seriously, which. Yeah, definitely. I've already, definitely. I've already said this podcast episode, but I definitely uh, like that when it has a <laughs> sense of humor. Everyone stop being so serious. Yeah, lighten up, Hollywood. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, oh yeah, I just never get tired of that ending too. Yeah, the best. Just feel yeah. Gives me yeah, that. As gives far me as good westerns vibes. go, I like this is as good as it gets for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's up there. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Uh, then to your number to five. My number five, which is one that I know you've seen and you love too, is A Face in the Crowd. Ooh. So, yeah. spoilers, this is on my list too. Oh. So you want to okay. wait for that or do let's, you want to talk yeah, about let's, now? No, let's hold off on A Face in the Crowd then. All right. Cool. Perfect. So I will go again. Yep. You go again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. My number four is a recent film uh, made mm. in 2017 uh, that you are very well, well aware of its existence, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. Ah, Call Me By, by Your Luca Name, Luca yes. Guadagnino, Guadagnino, I believe. Sound it out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sound it out in the <laughs> mic. Um, yeah, this was one I like that so many people raved about. Um, when it came out and I just like never got to it and I just didn't I didn't know anything about it like I didn't know I never knew who that Timothy Chalamet guy was you know Mm -hmm. like everyone was talking so much about Timothy Chalamet and how obsessed they were with him yeah and I really didn't know you know I had no idea why because Mm -hmm. I'd only seen him in very small roles where he do, he's not doing that much maybe except just sitting there being kind of a good-looking young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in this one, he there's like him and Army Hammer just give incredible performances. Like we all know how good Army Hammer is. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say Timothy Chalamet almost, you know, tops him in this for sure. And it carries more of the emotional weight of the film. So when I saw that, I was like, all right, that's why everyone is obsessed with Timothy Chalamet because he acts like a motherfucker in this Call Me (laughs) By Your Name film. Like, yeah, this is an incredible uh, movie about a relationship in Italy and it's so serene and so beautifully shot and acted that, yeah, it's just one of, yeah, it's one of the best uh, relationship movies and just movies I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah, good chill afternoon movie. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. <laughs> uh, also director of the Suspiria remake. Uh, he's also on my radar oh, no. now. It's just like directors nowadays that you got to keep you an eye see on, his on their work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Yeah, that Call Me By Your Name is another one that I kind of I just haven't gotten around to from 2017. Yeah, but no, it, it's quite a film. Yeah, and I it, think 2017 it, was a really good year as well. Oh, great year! I just yeah. never totally. I just never made it to this one. Like I believe Moonlight also came out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the was that the Moonlight La La Land year. Yes, I believe. I think so. Um, yeah, that's one that just the look of it. I'm already like, okay, yeah. I have to see yeah. that. Um, I haven't okay. seen it like streaming anywhere, but um, as soon as I can, or maybe I'll even rent it. Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely want to hop on that bandwagon. Yeah. Especially, I totally get what you mean about Timothy Chalamet too, because I didn't really know him at all until that yeah. came out and people were so obsessed with I know, him. That's he all is they would talk such about. a big shot now too. Yeah, he's, he's in everything so, now. He's huge. He, <laughs> yeah. and he's, in, he's working with the best people as well, mm-hmm. I believe. He's working with Woody Allen and like I like I wish I could name someone else besides Woody Allen. He's working with Greta Gerwig. Greta and the Gerwig. Next, uh, her uh, Little Women. Little Women, yeah, yeah, which also looks great. Um, Him and Saoirse Ronan, they're gonna yeah, they're taking be like over the, the two world. biggest names. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely one that um, now you've inspired me to to check that out sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, I mean it. It was nominated and won quite a few awards too. Yeah, so, it was. Yeah, it's highly regarded one, and yeah, I'm, I'm mad at myself for waiting this long to to see it. But yeah, yeah. I, I believe I watched it on uh, the Pride weekend in Chicago. Oh, nice. <laughs> me and my Did brother, were, me and my brother were like, let's watch a gay movie. We watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, call me by your name because we just watched Moonlight. <laughs> Oh yeah, Moonlight and Call Me by Your Name double feature on Pride Weekend. That's a yeah, yeah. That should become a thing now. It shows yeah. how woke I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sweet. So that was your number four. Yeah, you're number and four now. My number four is one that I've also talked about recently in the podcast. It's White Heat, which is oh now I got to pull it up to make sure I get the director right. Uh, directed by Roel Walsh, Raul Walsh, Roel Walsh, uh-huh. um, and starring James Cagney. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember you talked about this. Um, yeah, great noir mobster film um, that really, I don't know, really stuck with me. I was, I was in it the whole time. Um, it was just one that I'd seen. I'd actually watched um, the Steve Martin movie, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid which is basically it intertwines all these noir movies from the past. And this was one of them used in the film. And um, just even watching clips from there, I was like, I'm interested in seeing whatever white heat is um, because it keeps, there keeps being clips from it in this movie. Um, And then I checked it out. I think it was on criterion and um, yeah, it was awesome. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, Favorite movies from this time period, favorite noirs now. Um, James Cagney is so good. It's not really like a straightforward mob or noir movie. It um, definitely has a lot of um, mental illness themes. You know, Mm. James Cagney is this really twisted, insane um, mobster. Um, And uh, yeah, there's a lot of actually legendary stuff that happens in the movie <laughs> <laughs> like the ending i had no idea it was so um iconic um it's where you know um james cagney yells look ma i'm on top of the world something like that and that's oh, okay. been I used heard, in it's a other movie, movies it's a movie and, thing yeah yeah it's been used in pop culture all the time now um but i had no idea it was from this um yeah and it just um just a really really well done mobster movie that uh yeah it's not it's not by the books at all and um yeah it really stuck with me after i saw it nice i'm definitely gonna have to check that one out especially especially since as i mentioned before i watch film noir a bit um yes. so <laughs> yeah since this one was that good to make your list i'm definitely going to have to check it out it sounds pretty cool um yeah, yeah i've been just yeah we're always trying to get into old movies and definitely noirs and stuff of this genre so mm-hmm. yeah i'm yeah, gonna have to check this one out the first the or the last the four fourth and fifth picks on my list were really tough to decide between you know, you know there's like 
four that I was all trying to fit in uh, to those spots. And I originally didn't have white heat in there. And then I just had to, I went back and watched some clips from it. And then I realized, okay, yeah, I have to have this one in here. Cause it's just, it was so memorable for me. That nice. I, yeah. That everything really stuck with me more than, uh, more than others. But yeah, that's my number four. All right. Uh, you got enough time for a number three, then I can rattle mine off real quick. Yeah, do you um, want to go to a break? <laughs> I don't know if I need... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I need more. I think I could do it. I don't think I need more time. All right, then let's do it. Let's yeah, just, yeah. I just got to do it like right yeah, now. Yeah, just, just do <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> so my number three is uh, a 1989 film by Peter Greenway who's an iconic director and writer. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this, John. Uh, It's The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, Um, Helen Mirren, right? Yes, and it stars... um, It it has Tim Roth, and it has uh, Dumbledore in it as well. Dumbledore? Dumbledore. Wow. Who who I believe (laughs) is is Michael Gambon. Is this the first Dumbledore, the one that that passed away, no, 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 no. or is this the, the the newer one? Um, the new Dumbledore, yeah. The second Michael Dumbledore. Gambon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gambon, uh-huh. nice. So this movie is it's t- it's very unique. So describing it is somewhat challenging. Um, it's <laughs> it kind of feels like almost like a fairy tale story or like something something out of a storybook but it's very um cinematic in the way how it's all takes place at this very well decored restaurant owned by um owned by michael michael gambon and michael gambon essentially plays this brutal um just the worst man ever (laughs) just like a horrible man uh, with helen mir and his wife and who he has he's basically a a criminal overlord it seems like and he has a group of just of henchmen and he treats everyone like shit and he is just a monster (laughs) and it shows (laughs) as helen mirren constantly gets abused by him and then sneaks off to be with the cook of the restaurant who he's having an affair with who she's having an affair with and the as they're kind of sneaking around um this like the tension of the affair and michael gambon finding out kind of just builds throughout and it's very it's a hysterical movie it's a super dark movie and it's like a it's also a very just beautiful movie just like it's beautifully shot that it has like a lot of heart to it it has just the set design is like some of the best i have seen um yeah it's so unique and like it's just like it's something that i know not a lot of people have seen but it's just like totally, one yeah. of the, my favorite movies i've watched it like you know in the past few years for sure just it was so i was so enjoyable awesome yeah, yeah. that sounds like a really original uh, original type movie yeah and it's definitely making me want to watch that and, I've, and, yeah i've seen that poster but yeah really knew nothing about it yeah and my, oh yeah same and then Michael Gammon's performance is also just like one one of the best. Like the character he creates is one of the best movie characters I've seen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hilarious movie. Like when I think about it, I want to laugh. <laughs> so hilarious, also dark. Yeah. And yeah, okay. It's, that's it's everything, <laughs> everything in one. That already appeals to me. Very just very. It's a it's a cinematic film <laughs> <laughs> awesome the cook uh, the thief his, his wife, wife and her and lover, lover. Yeah. that's a hard title to remember so I know. it's good to repeat that right uh, awesome directed by peter greenaway well sweet there's your that's there's your my number, number three. three all right i guess we can go to a commercial and break here we'll go to a quick break and then we'll be right back with my number three and then our final two on our list And we're back and yes. <laughs> we are we're now 
about halfway through our, our top five lists uh, for our first watches of 2019. Uh, we just talked about The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, Luke's number three. Uh, and then uh, my number three is one that I've been wanting to watch for a while, and I finally got down to it uh, this year. It's Rosemary's Baby. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right with Halloween right around the corner. Halloween's around the corner. <laughs> yeah. It's almost fall. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, this was one that I obviously heard so much about. It's um, a uh, pretty well-known film uh, and directed by Roman Polanski, who's also uh, another big name. And uh, yeah, I, I've been wanting to get more into horror, especially you know more psychological horror. And uh, this was one that I absolutely loved. Uh, the thing about, I guess, all five of these movies on my list is that it's almost fair to say they're all probably in some of my favorite movies of all time now. Because mm. um, I've definitely been trying to see um, movies that I've been wanting to see forever uh, this year. And this is one of them. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a deeply unsettling uh, movie throughout. <laughs> And just feel more uneasy as as time goes on. Yeah, it's a, it's evil. Um, it's got evil very within it. <laughs> evil. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's and it's got these like supernatural elements in it, but it also feels very grounded in reality too. Um, and yeah, it's it's one that immediately after watching, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Right. Um, and even even after that, I just kept thinking about that. And all I, all I wanted to do was, <laughs> I just wanted to look up more about it. I looked up some, you know, analysis on Rosemary's Baby. Um, I became a Satanist. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't become a Satanist. I, I realized I that close. we should just succumb. There's no hope. And we should just yeah. succumb to the devil. Yeah, exactly. Which, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I guess in a way it kind of happens in the end. And uh, yeah, I thought Mia Farrow was great in it. She's, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, just this character that just gets is being controlled, I guess, by mm-hmm. by everyone. Everyone, and and in the end, sort of gives into that because she's I, I don't know if it's motherly instinct. She just feels strongly about uh, about her about her baby, no matter who the father is. I guess, um, but. Yeah, it's just throughout the whole thing, just all the characters you meet along the way, everyone, mm-hmm. and all how their it, neighbors. Yep, it's... and how it gets more fishy going on and eventually becomes just really sadistic over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, if you just catch it in bits and pieces, it doesn't seem like much, but everything is very, very unsettling. Right, if you, yeah. you know, just it watching an, it all It has unfold. an evil energy that not really many movie any movies have i'd say yeah absolutely and it's um yeah and it it keeps you keeps you intrigued the whole time with that and there's uh yeah great great twists and turns along the way um but uh, yeah it's this is easily one of my one of my favorite movies now um and it's one that yeah i want to like immediately rewatch too Um, yeah definitely my top five horror movies ever Oh yeah, I would probably agree with that too. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's another one of my goals just to watch more horror mm-hmm. this year. And that's uh, yeah, that's one of them, and easily, easily one of my favorites uh, in the horror genre too. Yeah, maybe our next series will be a horror series, considering it'll be yeah. In October. Yeah, we'll have to do one, um, do a horror series come Halloween time. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and hopefully I'll, I'll see even more by then. Yeah, and we'll uh, yeah you'll we can talk about some more. You'll have moved to San more. Francisco, so by then it'll be Halloween time. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's my number three. Lovely. All right, to uh, my number two, and right, and mm-hmm. also your number five. Mm. A face in the yes. crowd. A face in the crowd. <laughs> it's it always feels good for our lit. Uh, our list to cross, yes. cross crisscross eventually. Crossing streams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Facing the crowd. Uh, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. You had just seen it in uh, this year too. Yeah. We both, yeah, we both saw it, I think in 
very close vicinity, maybe a month or two apart. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, definitely um, one I thought would just be a good old, you know, good old Hollywood flick um, from back in the day. But uh, I didn't think of, I didn't realize um, how um, relatable it would be to today, too. Because, yeah, I really didn't know anything about it. I just seen the poster, knew it was highly regarded, um, and it was... um, you know, involved this, uh, this musician and it's just sort of rise and fall story. And it seems kind of generic on the, on the outside looking in, but, um, yeah, I, it was, I thought it was an incredible, um, just story along the way. It was, it was funny. It was tragic. Um, Andy Griffith was Amazing. phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I don't think I've seen him in anything besides like the Andy Griffith show. And I haven't even seen that much. I've just seen you know, Maybe, clips. Yeah, and I haven't really seen anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely turned into uh, to one of my favorite movies now. Yeah, it's really like a the vision was around Andy Griffith totally to like create this like insane character yeah. know, that rivals a nation. Like I think I thought that like was just so well done how they built that vision around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ilya Kazan is like one of the best film directors like ever. Like, yeah, honestly, th- this, uh, East to Eden streetcar named desire on the waterfront. Uh, and uh, there's a lot more I know that I haven't seen that I just heard is great as well. Um, but yeah, this one definitely just put him at the top for me for like, as just one of the best directors there's been. Uh, yeah. Just because this movie, this movie's great. It's def, it's just definitely one of my favorite movies of all time now, um, and he's he has such great other work where he just gets such good performances out of his actors, mm-hmm. um, and he just does he does that here, but he does like the uh, script and the energy of this film overall is just like, and all the social commentary it has like just is on another level of film for him and just any, anything, (laughs) anything of this era, anything, anything in general too. So, yeah, yeah, I was actually reading up more, uh, you know, about a face in the crowd nowadays and what people are saying about it. And um, I've seen a lot of uh, articles about the parallels between a face in the crowd and um, I guess Donald Trump in general. Mm. Yeah, and sort of his rise, just power hungriness, and uh, um, and yeah, you can you can definitely see it, which is why I think it's, um, while obviously you know nowadays there's no there's no radio shows like this where they're finding a, you know a face in the crowd and then they become some big um, big star. I guess maybe YouTube is that now, but uh, you know, no matter what the um, the platform is. Yeah, no matter what the platform is, this is a story and this has characters that is so timeless mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Like, it, yeah, it could fit with any any profession, almost any um, any mm-hmm. time period. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another one that uh, that ends so perfectly in a way for me because mm-hmm. um, I feel like uh, tying together a, a movie like this. Um, there's several different ways to go about it and the way it, the way it ends is very i guess open-ended and and tragic in a way that uh that it also it sits with you for a while and yes um yeah makes me want to watch it again right now yeah <laughs> yeah i've noticed something about classic hollywood movies lately um especially also with the noirs i watched yesterday is that they really know how to nail down the endings um, mm-hmm. For instance, the killing has a great ending. Um, yeah, they end them in a different way that movies nowadays do. In which mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it, there's like a need to wrap everything up, or either leave you with some haunting, obvious twist. When yeah. classic Hollywood movies really don't try to do that at all, they don't do anything obvious. It's always, it's always clever. It always 
it's yeah it's never trying to wrap everything up or loose loose ends or anything like that yeah um it's not about loose ends it's more about like the characters that you've come to know um totally, up yeah. to this point which is what i've i've noticed and yeah they do a great job of it yeah i feel like nowadays there's a lot of trying to please the audience definitely, um, definitely. type of endings and uh yeah and back in the day i i think um i don't know maybe directors had a little bit more creative freedom to just sort of leave things you know leave a movie um how they wanted to and leave it with the audience mm-hmm. rather than you know because obviously yeah, a movie tells a story but it's also you know for the most part it's not the ending of the characters you know the characters are like okay our, our story's over right now nothing else is going to happen like a kind of uh, a movie like this leaves it a little more open ended that you you're not really sure, you know what what would yeah. happen next to Andy yeah. Griffith's character. And, yeah, definitely, because it leaves yeah. it ends it in a dark way. Yeah, that's a more powerful ending than having it, and like, you know, oh they get together and they're all just super happy and uh, yeah everyone's happy and great um, and everything's wrapped up and back to normal. Um, and this 90 minutes of film was the only conflict they'll ever have in their life. Um, <laughs> Two, so, totally. Yeah. Yeah, Facing the Crowd. Uh, any, yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, facing the Crowd? That's, no, everyone should watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's one. Awesome. Definitely one we recommend. It's a, it's a favorite <laughs> of the pot. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, okay, then my number two um, is one that I've, Oh yeah, uh, that I just yeah. watched very your recently is, um, yeah, that was your number two, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, mine is King of Comedy or the King of Comedy. Oh hell yeah! The Marty Scorsese um, film with Robert De Niro, um, which we've also talked about them recently with uh, our Taxi Driver episode. Um, yeah, and this uh, easily turned into one of my favorites. It's obviously a Scorsese film that's. Um, not talked about as much as his others um but no yeah it's like the underrated one but has like a cult mm-hmm. following yeah because yeah, it's just so different from the other scorsese de niro movies yeah it's way different than that and it's um yeah i feel like robert de niro nowadays is well known for being kind of a tough um you know either a mobster or just uh you know Mm-hmm. Meet the Parents, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. where he's this tough guy. Um, but really, he he is he had great range back in, um, you know, his younger days when he was doing more movies like this. And mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, I, I thought he was incredible in it. And this is another one, um, a theme with a lot of these uh, about fame older movies, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, another one about about fame and just needing. Just I guess America's obsession, yeah, yeah, with getting your fifteen minutes of fame, yeah, and and celebrity and people on celebrity. TV, yeah, and this, yeah, this is one you know from the I think it was early eighties, but still, um, obviously applies to today mm-hmm. in our society. Just the obsession yeah. with celebrities and yeah. fan culture, um, and yeah, the the line that really sticks out is when he says, uh, "I'd rather be." king for a day than schmuck for a lifetime Mm. um yeah it it definitely seems like you know nowadays even more so than um before that everyone is wanting their 15 minutes of fame everyone wants to be an instagram influencer or um get on some reality show or um you know something like that and uh and they'll they'll you know go borderline crazy just to make it happen and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah that's what and robert this is what happens does. here this is yeah robert yeah. de niro is the jake paul of back then yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes yeah when is jake paul gonna hold someone hostage hold up just jimmy to fallon to yeah. be on his show oh my god yeah yeah it's... this this movie when i first saw it really surprised me yeah i just like didn't know what to expect and I thought it was actually going to be a legit comedy and it for sure is a funny movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't expect it to go like into the crime almost thriller, like satire aspect it did. 
And yeah, yeah I ended up it ended up like sticking with me a lot. Yeah, great, great one. Yeah, yeah, me too. And yeah, I felt like it was. Um, yeah, it stuck with me more because I it was different than a lot of Scorsese movies, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I definitely I loved the. It, it was almost relatable, which sounds scary. That yeah, uh, right. I mean, I'm, I I would obviously it is never relatable. <laughs> yeah, I would never kidnap, um, you know, one of my heroes just to get on their show or something. But I think it's because um, uh, I think it's because uh, Rupert Pumpkin's a very uh, you understand him throughout. Yeah, yeah, and it, especially towards the end, because because he definitely throughout the majority of the movie seems just sadistic and insane and then towards the end you see more of why he actually acts the way that he does um mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah i guess it's it's relatable in a sense that i feel like most people have sort of thought about oh if i was on a talk show you know they've, they've put themselves on there like, um daydreamed about being on right you know letterman or, or right. conan or something being interviewed by them uh, and what they would say, and uh, and yeah, so that's why I think um, Robert De Niro's character takes those same uh, cues, but then obviously um, blows them right out of the water with uh, with what he does. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, an solid, under, solid underrated two. one. Yeah, yeah, I um I like it whenever someone appreciates this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a unique Scorsese movie, and everyone is everyone really talks much more about the other obvious ones Mm -hmm. yeah so cool (laughs) yeah so all right uh, now we're on to to, number one yeah off to number one all right my uh number one i've definitely talked about it on this podcast i talked it about i talked about it on the soundtrack podcast i believe uh it's jim jarmusch's only lovers left alive with oh. Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. Oh, nice! So a recent one. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, 2013 movie. Um, yeah, uh, this. I don't know how much I've talked about Jim Jarmusch on this podcast, but uh, to give a little backstory, I've, <laughs> I've, um, he was my most watched director in 2018 according to letterbox <laughs> nice. i don't know if you had that um those the stats done on letterbox no i haven't seen stats yeah they they my gave God. me like my most watched director and um i forget what else maybe most watched movie i don't really know but uh i had most watched director was jim jarmusch so i'm very seasoned even though it was only a year i feel i'm seasoned on jim jarmusch's work at this point Mm -hmm. um because i watch a lot of movies so any director who i watch (laughs) the most i know the work probably pretty well and definitely but i hadn't seen only lovers left alive um so i watched that in like uh I think March or April and this movie just, you know, I, even though I knew what I was getting and I kind of did get what I knew I was getting, I still was blown away (laughs) and I, it's probably my favorite Jim Jarmusch movie now. Um, It's yeah, it's, it's, it got great music. It was, it's one of my favorite musical scores of all time. Um. Yeah, I love it. It's got nice. Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston as vampires. It's hard to beat <laughs> that. But it's not like a it's not a uh, traditional vampire movie um, as you'd normally expect. It's more about um, a lot about just like it, it plays on how they try to stay hidden and function in society. And there's a lot of just. Uh, parallels to uh, humanity as a whole as well. Um, and it's just very relevant. And it, pl- it also plays into a lot of uh, relevant and modern things. And yeah, like, like every Jarmusch movie, it's just so chill and cool and has great music and, a, and just very serene and has a psychedelic nature to it. 
and it just leaves you uh, thinking about things for, yeah, you'll be thinking about this movie for the next couple of days. Yeah. For most of his movies, but this one, especially, uh, yeah, <laughs> highly recommend checking out only lovers left alive. Awesome. Yeah. It seems really unique, man. I'm definitely, uh, as you said, you're trying to see more, I don't know, Westerns and Hitchcocks. I've, I have been wanting to check out Jim Jarmusch uh, and go down that rabbit hole for a while because uh, a lot of his films are on the Criterion channel and streaming uh, elsewhere too. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's one I, I have to get into if I want to stick with my, uh, my, New, Year's my resolution, New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> then I, I have to watch more Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's like the indie filmmaker, you know, like totally, yeah, in a way. And the more you you look into other, um, um, I guess film fans' uh, interests and and who they're really, um, you know, obsessed with in a way. Jim Jarmusch is one that you see a lot of people talk about, yeah, uh, in the film world, and um, yeah, he's one I, I've just been, I guess. Um, ignorant about him, just haven't uh, dove into him yet. But um, obviously, one of your favorite directors, so I've got to, yeah, I've gotta check yeah. Him I out. mean, it, it takes a second to get into him because they don't, they don't like appeal to everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're not, they're not in the mainstream world whatsoever, um, and um, they don't have everyone's attention span or pique everyone's interests. But it's for, it's for specific like a specific breed of film lovers you know mm-hmm. yeah you'll 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 like them and he kind of seems to do his own thing which is um which yeah is cool he does too. he does whatever he wants <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i which i like which is great yeah uh he also has a movie that just came out this year the dead Don't yeah Die. which is actually um the only really mainstream movie he's ever done. <laughs> i just mentioned that he doesn't do mainstream stuff but a lot of people knew about this one because it has the biggest cast Big in names. a while. Oh my and, God, yeah. yeah, and I think that one is actually one of the the ones where he actually tried to make a movie that appeals to mass audiences after making films since nineteen the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, since seeing the trailer for that and seeing that it's Bill Murray, Adam Driver, right? right. Um, yeah, I definitely want to want to catch that as well before the year's up. Um, Awesome. Only yeah. lovers left alive. My five is, is complete. Five is complete. Then uh, I guess that leads into my number one, which is no stranger to the podcast or you, uh, because we've talked about it a lot recently. <laughs> uh, but okay. it's Blowout, <laughs> Brian De Palma. Cool. <laughs> yeah, nice. so I mean. If I honestly... had seen it for the first time this year. It would have been my my number one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously we've talked about this one a lot recently. Yeah, um, we like but, blow out here. Yeah, and I've seen it twice now in um, in 2019. Yeah, which nowadays, I mean, back when I was younger, obviously I would rewatch movies all the time. You know, you just have them it's, on yeah, DVDs. It takes a it takes more to rewatch something. Yeah, and and just the fact that I've seen it twice now, and I could honestly watch it again tonight. And not <laughs> yeah, and be sick of it. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's how much I, I really love Blowout. Um, partially, one of the things I wrote down here is just rewatchable. Um, just like I said, I, I, I don't think I'll get tired of it. And it's one of those that I knew right from my first watch that it would be one of my favorites. Um, just so tense throughout. I love the premise. Um, it's such a, um, I guess it's such an easy premise to to get into in a way like you hear that and you're like yeah that's super interesting a, a sound man um <laughs> picks up uh you know a murder and then it's it's so much deeper than that too with um all the political um aspects of it um and the cover-up of uh of certain things um and it's also it's very uh hitchcockian mm-hmm. in a way you can see the clear hitchcock influences yeah, which is, which to- is kind of up your alley <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Hitchcock's the reason that I started getting into into movies more and classic movies. So, 
uh yeah it's it's a clear it's it was the clear number one for yeah, me yeah blow, blowouts um, like giving you your payoff for exploring film more you're like yeah oh my god this is something i i always would have liked <laughs> yeah and, and i feel like it's something that I, I honestly i don't know the first time i heard about it it was probably a year ago um you know if that it, i don't think it's a it's a huge household name of a film um uh, even though i john travolta's in it but uh uh, still not a, not a super well known film mainstream, but um, definitely such an easy watch, an easy easy film to love. Um, yeah, yeah, and we and yeah. we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. We like so. Blowout and a face in the crowd here. And a face in the podcast. crowd. We support those two films and none other. Yeah, and if you yeah, want to hear but- us talk about Blowout more, then check out. A couple yeah. episodes ago, when we uh, when we talked about it for our yeah, Lo- I mean, series. yeah, I put Blowout in my favorite movies list recently, so I'm I'm with you. Yeah, ya. yeah. Uh, it's definitely in there for me too. Um, yeah, not much else to say about Blowout, but that's uh, that completes my my top five yeah. as well. No, that was good top five. You had a lot of variety. Yeah, and there's still I. See, I put together a, a list in Letterbox of my top ten first watches of 2019, and honestly, all of those could have fit into my top five. It's just so tough to choose uh, from. But uh, I didn't even try yeah. to do a top ten because if I tried to do the mm-hmm. ten and fit them into the five, it would have been it would have been tougher for sure. Because I would, it's harder to let go of the other ones. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and there's um, I don't know if you have any honorable mentions, but I mean, I even. For the first time this year, I watched Apocalypse Now and Rebel yeah, Without and a you Cause. Did, and you didn't, you didn't <laughs> include either of them. <laughs> yeah, not including those in my top five was really tough. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I felt like an idiot, but at the same time, <laughs> I had to be like, these, I think, I are just more of my personal favorites. Oh, yes, those. yes. But obviously, being being six and seven on my list isn't a, uh, isn't a bad thing at all because we've seen a lot of movies this year. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of... Um, I'm trying to pull up some honorable mentions for myself right now. Um, well, I, I did think Swing Time is an honorable mention. Uh, that's swing more time. of a it's more of a looser honorable mention. Uh, a movie called Bully by Larry Clark a movie called My Brother's Wedding by Charles Burnett. That was on the nice. Criterion channel. Some deep cuts. Yeah, I'm not I'm not at all like doing anything specific. I'm just scrolling down my letterbox and rattling some off mm-hmm. that if I was trying to make a type t- top 10, they might have been in the top 10. Uh, Something Wild, a Jonathan Demme movie. Oh, nice. That's Jeff Daniels, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, that that's one I... Uh, I definitely need to rewatch. Oh, a movie called now similar to Blow Out. We have Blow Up by Oh, uh, Blow Up. <laughs> Blow Up by Michelangelo Antonioni. That is one I recommend you check out. Highly Awesome. Since you I think Blow Out was inspired off of Blow Up. Well, I'm adding Blow yeah. Up to my list. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty Let's Get all the blows in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blow Up is amazing for sure. Uh, the awesome. man who shot Liberty Valance. Oh, great That's western! Another one. Um, I could go on, but there's so, there's actually a lot more. <laughs> so many, and there's going to be more from now until December that we yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me thinking, like, and I got I just had the same problem you were having. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, those are our top fives. Yeah, those are top five, and we'll be. We'll be back with uh, with another series coming up. We had a we definitely have a horror series, at mm-hmm. least you know one or two episodes. Yeah. Um, regarding horror coming up for October, um, and then yeah. yeah, we'll have our top ten for twenty eighteen coming up at yeah. the end of the, or twenty nineteen. Yeah, coming uh, up coming as up well. at the end of the year. Yeah, we've yeah. never done anything scary on this podcast. Before. Yeah, it's, it's gonna get scary. It's gonna get spooky. <laughs> so get ready.